This is In the Making, a podcast exploring the origin stories of people who work in web design. Hi, welcome to In the Making. I'm Dem Nassaro. I'm senior content strategist at Centerline Digital. Uh, today, we're talking to my friend Michael Metz, who's lead UX designer and writer at Wolfram. How you doing, Michael? I'm doing great. Really excited to be here. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining me. So. Um, I uh, just kind of wanted to to start out with a little bit of an anecdote, actually, about the first time that I met you uh, at Confab, I think 2014. Um, uh-huh. And, you know, I remember we were sitting around the breakfast table and I noticed you and I'm like, oh, that guy seems like really, really nicely dressed for a conference. And then uh, come the lightning talks and I see you getting up and delivering just an awesome, awesome talk that really kind of made me rethink uh, the way that I approach my work. Uh you talked about being a visual content strategist, which I, I thought was a really cool approach. Um, so I guess how, how has that, uh, I guess, affected the way that you've uh, approached content strategy? Well, it is really kind of you to say that it you know affected your work so much that way. Um, that, that was kind of my hope in, um, in presenting it to the Confab audience because um, I have just loved seeing how um, how people's minds start to come alive when they start to think about how we can communicate the ideas that are already in our minds that we're already trying to express when we can add visual thinking to that and see how powerful it can be um especially for content driven work um i think that it really it's it's a really big piece that's kind of missing from the 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 bigger content strategy discussion you know a lot of the stuff that we do as content strategists as content professionals tends to be really text heavy you know it tends to be pretty dense um content audits governance documents um you know reports and and research findings uh so what what can we do to uh to make that easier for people to understand easier for them to uh take advantage of and I, i think adding visual thinking to the mix is a is a really cool way to do that yeah, and you know, I, I think also one of the things that you talked about, and, and you know, have talked about elsewhere, that you know, I, I've really liked is is you know the idea of thinking of yourself as a designer um, and approaching content strategy problems, uh, you know, from the standpoint of a designer, which was you know interesting for me because I've never really been a visual person. Like I, I don't really have much in the way of visual design skills. Um, but thinking about the discipline, uh, you know, as a sort of a design discipline, I think makes it easier to engage with, you know, the rest of the team on a on a you know on a you know design and development project. Uh, to think that okay, well, maybe I'm not, uh, you know, producing a visual design, but you know that doesn't mean that you know what I'm doing, you know, shouldn't shouldn't be treated, you know, with the same sort of respect and methodologies as any other design discipline. Yeah, exactly. I think that that really hits what I was going for with that comment because I wasn't trying to say that uh, content strategy should kind of take the place of you know of the UX designer of the visual designer at the table, but rather um, they should have an equal seat at the table, right? Because people people like us, people in the content strategy field, are people who are um, kind of just focused on solving problems the same way those those other disciplines are. They're different sorts of problems, but the way our work fits together just kind of requires that we're all involved in shaping the thing that we're building, right? Yeah, and at, at Wolfram, you you're a you're a UX designer and a writer. But uh, I'm kind of curious, what what is in your mind like a UX writer's uh, responsibility, and how does that differ from you know say the responsibilities of a content strategist? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, well. 
maybe it'd be helpful if I um, if I started from the beginning, you know, kind of where where my career started and everything. Um, I uh, I started working for a nonprofit, and when they hired me, they didn't hire me to be a, con- a content strategist. They just said we have a lot of things that we want you to do, and a lot of them involve the internet and making stuff, and you know, like. At the time, I was a photographer as well, so they were like, it'd be great if you could take pictures, if you could write articles, if you could help us build a new website. And I was like, yeah, all of that sounds amazing. Um, But then as I got to know them a little bit more, I realized what they needed was to just think about their content um, in a more, in a way that that helped them do more with it, not not just create more. Um, But in the process of that, I started to do a lot of like I was kind of like their UX team of one, for example. So not only would I come up with, you know, their content strategy for what sort of message they wanted to put into the world, but I would be involved in creating the interface for them, designing, you know, using wireframes and um, and even writing some HTML and PHP to get the page templates up for their website. So it was a really hands-on job. So when I when I went to Wolfram, uh, they they kind of hired me as a content strategy role, but the, And also, they wanted me to be involved in the design process for their software. And that's what I think has been really cool. Um, I've kind of transitioned to, like you said, to this UX writer title there. And it's kind of like content strategy, but for interactive experiences, Mm -hmm. for software, right? Because there's so much language. Like, interfaces are are made up largely of words and language. And it really helps to have someone with with my skill set, you know, someone with a writing background, um, someone who really knows how communication works, be involved in the software design process. Yeah, that that's interesting. And um, you know, it's also interesting that you got your start in nonprofit. I I, I have the same background pretty much. I, I got started in a nonprofit. Um, you know, wasn't for a design role or anything like that. But the, you know, the organization had a lot of you know needs uh, in terms of of the web. Mm-hmm. And you know that was just an, like a, a really good environment to just step up and and take responsibility for something that I was interested in. You know, because at the time I, I didn't really have I didn't have any background in web design. I, you know, I didn't really know what I was going to do. But you know, I, I think nonprofits are just a really great breeding ground for curious people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that also they're a great way for like you said, both of us got our start in that sort of environment. I tell anyone who's interested in getting into this field to just join a nonprofit, you know, join their communication team or whatever, and just start doing what you see people doing. Do do the work that you're interested in. And you can, there's a lot of freedom, like you said, to just grow into that and to carve out a niche for yourself in, in, a, in an organization like that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, uh, you know, the other thing that I, I think uh, was interesting is, you know, you were sort of talking about, uh, you know, our discipline uh, being so much focused on, uh, you know, on the language. And uh, it's been interesting in my career, you know, I, my the trajectory has been almost uh, away from language. So started really as, you know, a, a copywriter, uh, you know, in my first job after the nonprofit. And I've, the, the amount of time that I've actually spent dealing with the actual language that you see on the screen has, you know, dropped drastically now down to, I would say, like, you know, 2% of my role, huh. you know, so I, I'm wondering what, what, what has that trajectory been like for you in terms of how, how much you're actually dealing with the actual language? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. And I think it, 
kind of says something about where our field is heading because because we have people who are kind of specializing and growing in different ways right so you know, there, there are people certainly in your in your position who are really involved a lot more in the the high level sort of work the strategic work and that's why the, the word strategy is in is in the term right yeah because we that high level thinking is important um and it's important for someone in my role too but in when you think of it in terms of software design there's also a lot more hands-on um work that has to be done right because you get you need to ship the software you know you have to make sure that every state is accounted for all the errors are accounted for that kind of thing um so I would say that you know a lot of I don't know maybe like 35 40% of my time is what I would consider writing and designing you know so um, copywriting for an interface but then also you know researching what those needs might be and um, you know doing user research or other things that may relate to the task at hand um, but then again there's a big part of my job that involves coming up with the systems that support that work. So things like voice and tone guidelines, things like style guides, you know, collaborating with the other disciplines on putting together standards and interaction patterns. Those things are all a big part of what I do as well. Yeah. And, you know, it seems like uh, in our in our world, uh, you know, a lot of the job titles that we have are nebulous and kind of hard to define, but I feel like where I've been struggling the most lately in, in terms of kind of figuring out how uh, how this role fits into a, a given project is is the writer. Uh, just because I think so many people that have been focused traditionally on, you know, copywriting uh, have transitioned, you know, more in the direction that I've gone, uh, you know, away from actually producing content and more towards strategy. And I feel like that that role of the copywriter is getting a lot harder to define because I think there's more of an expectation uh, that you know copywriters are you know producing the strategy as well as producing the content. But you know I feel like I feel like you know ultimately the the role of the copywriter still you know has to be you know a majority producing content. So how do you how do you blend those two the the production and and the strategic element? It's a great question. I feel like it's really, like you said, the role of the copywriter is getting a little bit more, like, I'm not sure um, the term you said, but like more muddled or, or yeah. um, you know, it's, it's just becoming harder to, to get a hold on. And I think that's right. I think that the job of the copywriter is just getting harder to do because, you know, um, like if we think about where copywriting came from, you know, the term sort of originated in the advertising industry where you're coming up with these really punchy one-liners and this copy for, you know, magazine spread or something like that. The projects we work on now are so much more complicated than that, right? Um, there's so many different elements. There are so many different states that people might never even see. Um, so I would love to see, I mean, kind of my passion for it is that writers make an effort to really be proficient in areas of user experience design and content strategy and and other really related disciplines, information architecture, and be willing and able to jump in with those abilities as needed. Not, not every organization is going to need um, a copywriter who um, is going to write copy all day, right? Some of them, some of them really need the strategic mindset as well. So I would love to see for, you know, for organizations to to look for copywriters with these skills and, you know, treat and pay them accordingly, right? Um, that's that's another issue is I, I think why a lot of people move away from copywriting in our field is that you're not really um, 
you don't really have the same seat at the table, and you're not really compensated as well until you move into the strategic role, when really your skills might still be vital to the success of the project. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I do think it, it is a major issue that I think content strategy maybe has a little bit more prestige associated with it. Um, you know, it's obviously newer and a little bit, uh, you know, buzzier. Um, but, I, you know, you're seeing, I think, a lot of people moving over to content strategy roles. And then I think the other problem is you're seeing organizations rebranding the term copywriter and calling it content strategist, which doesn't help either role. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. Yeah. But I mean, um, that there are situations where you're doing writing, you're doing a lot of writing, but the, those skills that I was talking about, you know, like user research, UX design, content strategy, those things are really important for you to be able to practice and, and take advantage of as a part of your job. I think of for one great example would be the team at Facebook. And I don't know if you've, um, if you've talked to many of those, uh, of those people, but they, they all do a lot of writing as part of their job but also they're really involved in the design process, working right alongside the product managers and, and the other designers on their team. Um, so I think that that's kind of a, a classic case of like where your product requires that you do a lot of writing, but yeah. it also requires that you have a lot of digital knowledge and expertise that you're bringing to bear on a daily basis. Do you think to be a content strategist that you, and, and you know this is probably too narrow a question, but do you think that, that I guess, continuing to write and be close to the actual content is uh, is an important element of content strategy? Do you think that it it can be problematic to get too far away from the actual production of content? Mm, not necessarily. I think for certain organizations, maybe that's the case. Um, but I think that like there's plenty of needs for, for people who are um, who are really just focused on the strategic side of things and the high level um, concepts at work. I think there are, there are clearly a lot of roles where that really fits well. But my thing is that each company, each organization is unique, and you yeah. know probably each agency is unique as well. So um, I th- I just feel like I'm seeing this need more and more for um, people who are really good at writing, you know, really skilled in it, really thrive in that in that environment. But then also, again, are, are thinking like designers and working like content strategists and um, bringing some of those other skills to the table. Kind of that unicorn concept that, um, that Jared Spool talks about a little bit, where you just you're you're well rounded and, and you're a generalist. You're not you're not afraid to to do those different um, those different things that might be required of you. Yeah, I like that, and I feel like you know you're seeing more people that are kind of bouncing between roles. Where you you think of yourself less as I am a content strategist or I am a UX designer, um, but you know sort of depending on on what the you know what the job is or, or what the project is, you can move between them. Like you know over the last you know I'd say nine months, I've felt more like an information architect, um, mm-hmm. just because you know that's that's what I've been that's what I've been working on, but you know, I, I, everything that I do always starts with content. You know, it starts, you know, from the from the perspective of of content and how we're going to, you know, how we're going to treat content, how we're going to serve content, how it's going to serve the audience's needs. Uh, so I, I think that you know the the blending of disciplines gives us the opportunity to you know create those sort of well rounded uh, approaches, but still kind of be true to you know the the origins of of our discipline. So. 
you know, I'll always be the champion for content. You know, I rely on the UX designer to always be, you know, the champion for accessibility and usability and, and you know, kind of work in that way. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, and I think that, um, you know, what gets hard about being a generalist is that you, um, like, you can't as easily move into that area where you're viewed as a specialist, where you're viewed as, like, sort of the best in your field. Um so that's the challenge, uh, but I but I also just feel like it's really um, it's coming up more and more as a need for a lot of people. Um, after after Confab Central this year, um, I talked with a lot of people who are specifically working in a product context, and so they were working. Um, I met let's see, I met people from PayPal, people from Facebook, people from Shopify in Canada, and there are people who all I believe everyone I talked to, oh Capital One as well, they had the title of content strategist, but they were they were talking to me and telling me, you know, like like a lot of my work is a lot more hands on, because the the talk I did there was about um, was about writing better. Um, better interactional copy. So um, so I was in a, in a project for Wolfram where we were working on their purchasing system for, uh, for subscription software. And I just was unpacking a lot of the lessons we learned through that process and you know how to write really good messages during a transaction to, to help build trust with your customers. And that, bring, that was really ringing true with a lot of people who have the title content strategist. Um, so those people, um, I actually put together a, a Slack group where we could continue to have this conversation about how we had sort of developed this different this different niche that was a lot different from the you know this a lot of the conversations about building static websites and all those pages and and different sort of taxonomy issues that that come into like a larger web project. Um, our our projects were looking a lot different. You know, it was more like how do we unify our calls to action? You know, how do we um, yeah. How do we think about how our error messages are feeling to people, whether they match up with the rest of the message that we're sending on our marketing side, that kind of thing. Yeah, that that is interesting, and and I, I'm I'm always really curious about that because I haven't really been on the product side before. You know, I've I've pretty much exclusively just uh, you know worked on websites, but it really does seem like a, a different sort of challenge. Uh, my you know my wife uh, is a content strategist on the product side and. You know, there's a lot of similarities between our role, but I, I think you know all the things that you uh, that you talked about, you know, uh, you know, kind of ring true. And, and also, I think on the product side, oftentimes I think the lines are a little less, um, little less clear between disciplines. You know, like my my wife, you know, just from hearing what she does on a day to day basis, is sort of acting as a UX designer, acting as a marketer, acting as uh, as a writer, because the emphasis is is really more on you know building you know the thing at hand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And likewise, I've never been on the agency side of things, so I I wouldn't really be familiar with how you know like you're talking about the strict role definition, how that kind of plays out. Uh, but I imagine because people are coming to you for like a specific service, um, that that way you can sort of outline here's what we're gonna. Here's what we're going to offer, and you know, here's who's going to be working on that, and who's going to be providing that. Um, you know, in, in a product context, you have people, you know, roles and responsibilities shifting all the time. You have people who might be transitioning out of the organization, people transitioning in, but the work still has to get done at the end of the day, right? So yeah. you're going to be wearing a lot of hats, I feel. Yeah, and it, and it depends on the agency too, because I feel like there are a lot of agencies that are uh, sort of beholden to that, uh, almost, you know. Product, like I guess productizing their disciplines, you know that you, you know you're not selling 
uh, you're not selling an approach, you're selling a content audit followed by a content plan, followed by uh, you know, uh, you know, a taxonomy and, and all these things. I think that can be a huge trap for agencies to, you know, to not really be delivering quality products because they're so beholden to, you know, uh, the products that they've sold. Uh, you know, and I've, I've been on both sides. I'm sort of lucky now to be working for an agency that is, you know, has the, the trust with its clients to be able to, uh, you know, sort of uh, do what the project requ- requires. So, you know, we sell a holistic strategy and, and kind of once we get in there, that's when we begin to identify what we need to do, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. That seems like, um, it seems like a really cool way to, to carve out your approach and to just make it um, easily understandable for your clients, right? Yeah, totally. Um, so I'm, I guess, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure, do you consider yourself a content strategist? Yeah, that's a really that's a really great question. Um, I I kind of do, you know, as weird as it may sound, you know, it's it kind of sounds so far in the talk we've been having. Like, I don't really do a lot of what might be traditionally considered content strategy. Um, but I like like there's a reason that I keep hanging out with content strategists and um, going and speak to and speaking at content strategy conferences, and that's because I feel like what that discipline brings to the work that I do is incredibly valuable. Right. And I would just love to see, I don't know, I would, again, I would love to see copywriting as a discipline grow into a place where it's not really copywriting anymore. So sure, there are people who are, they're writing regularly, that's part of their practice, but also they're writing with the digital world in mind, you know, understanding that there is, there are so many more things that they need to keep in mind that um, part of their role is not just to write words, but to build the systems that, you know, display and accommodate for those words. And, you know, to to really make sure that the message, the product, the organization, the company, whatever, the message that they're trying to get across doesn't just come across on the static site or right. on the marketing efforts, but comes through the whole experience. Because so many things that are that are digital experiences these days like they're gonna you're gonna slip from what's a static website into an interactive experience seamlessly right you're gonna be dropped right in but if your if your voice doesn't come through there if you don't really make it feel humane and approachable then it it kind of feels jarring to the user as well so that's a hard thing to measure but that's what i'm really passionate about uh, making making better in my job that's what i'm passionate about carving out as a discipline and why I still consider myself a content strategist because if I was to just kind of stick in the copywriter bubble I wouldn't really be able to have a seat at the table where we're going to talk about how to make that message consistent across the experience right or at least I'd have to maybe work a lot harder to get there um, that's why I'm constantly pushing you know for for people who do a lot of writing to think of themselves as designers and right. to describe their work as design and get that seat at the table early in the process because those people, the people who write day in and day out, those are the people who are really going to be able to make sure that your experience feels consistent to the customer from the beginning to the end. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with that. I, I think I, I think that's a really a really good way of putting it, and I think I think that could you know add back some of the prestige. I think that um, you know the copywriting discipline or whatever we want to call it has sort of uh, siphoned off to content strategy, you know, because I, I think it's really important that we preserve a, a, 
a job for people that are really good at writing, uh, but don't necessarily want to spend all of their times thinking about all their time thinking about systems and CMSs and all those things, but really want to be focused on the on you know creating the experience and designing the experience using language. Yeah, yeah, because the the unfortunate thing is that you know sometimes if you're if you're just telling yourself and telling the organization that you work for that you're a writer, you're going to get to a place where you're writing messages that you don't really want to write, right? Like you're like, I wish this worked differently. I think there's a better way to do this. I think that we could do better for our customers and for our experience. So in that moment, you're kind of powerless. Like if you have just, um, if you've just sort of carved out your, your territory as strictly writing, you really have no avenue for for change, right? Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, t- titles. I feel like titles are kind of silly, right? Because I don't. It's not that important to me what my title is, but it does seem like titles are really important to the people you're working with, right? And how they view you and how they uh, measure your contributions. So, you know, it, it, I kind of feel like you know, let's let's do what we can to to sort of cheat our way out of the writing bit, you know, so maybe the, maybe the right term is content architect, you know, maybe the right term would be um, narrative UX is one that Jessica Collier has been using. She's a, she does narrative UX for, she used to work for Evernote. She works for a software company now in California. Um, You know, there are other terms we could use maybe to, to encapsulate this. And maybe that would make it easier for organizations to understand, you know, um, what those contributions would be. But but I do feel like, you know, having those people in those roles and for them to feel really comfortable writing and, and do a good job with it is, is really important as well. Yeah, it is tough because, you know, the, as we've sort of been discussing through this whole conversation, the titles can begin to feel a little bit, a little bit muddled and a little bit arbitrary, but they're, they're really important to discussing, you know, who we are and, and you know, being able to kind of pull from, you know, existing disciplines and say, well, you know, my role is a little bit content strategy, but I'm focused on information architecture and I have a writing background. So it's sort of a double-edged sword uh, in that way. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I I think that it's a problem we can solve as a community. Um, it seems like the, like, for example, Confab, um, this year, Christina Halverson gave a, a really interesting um sort of state of content strategy talk Mm -hmm. during Confab Intensive in Portland. And she talked about the different areas that had developed the different specializations that were, that were at play. And, um, you know, the the work that I do kind of wasn't, wasn't really a part of it. Like there were bits and pieces that were represented, but the work that I do wasn't really defined as a part of that. And so I talked to her a little bit about it afterwards. And, um, you know, she was talking about how, what I do it seems more like design in a lot of ways, and and I was like, yeah, you're you're right, you know that that totally makes sense. But um, but there's a reason that um, that I keep going back to those conferences, and I'm so interested in those conversations because approaching approaching content strategy as a design discipline again, like we're kind of coming back to where we were at the beginning, but yeah. approaching it as a design discipline dramatically changes how you view your work and how you um, how you bring your contributions to bear with your team. Yeah, and you know, I, and I feel like there's also a certain sense of pride that comes along with that as well. Um, you know, having sort of a, a, a craftsman mentality in, in, in creating and, you know, not just, 
you know, I guess not feeling limited um, by sort of a, a structured discipline, but being able to focus on, you know, what am I building and what are, what am I going to do to solve it? I think, you know, really kind of opens us up to be able to borrow from a lot of other disciplines. Absolutely. Yeah, because some organizations, that, well, they're going to need the high level strategic work. They're going to need that, that in-depth thinking about systems. But some organizations are really going to have tactical needs. Yep. And, and those are worth solving. Yeah. Totally. Um, so uh, are you uh, speaking at any conferences anytime soon? Yeah, actually, um, on Friday, I'll be at Midwest UX in Pittsburgh, and I'll be talking about how to set design goals to move a project forward. Can you, uh, can you give a little bit of a preview of that? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Um, it's kind of interesting how putting this talk together, I realized, um, you know, I, I spend a lot of time writing, but again, here I am with a talk and it's about designing yeah, things. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like, it was kind of an interesting, you know, um, you know, what am I really doing in this world kind of moment. But um, it, so this talk really is about, you know, what happens when you, when you get a project together and um, what you're actually doing isn't super well defined or clear. And so like you may go to, um, you know, may go to a meeting with all your stakeholders. You may talk about what you think the, the problems are, what you're trying to solve. Um, and you may go and you may start designing. Say you're the UX designer. You may start designing something. You're feeling really good about it. You're feeling like you addressed everything. And then you come back to, to your meeting again and, and everyone's saying, I'm not sure this is going to work. You know, this isn't really what we talked about. Can we try something else? Um, it's about how to prevent that second conversation, right? It's about how to adequately capture the the desires of of the stakeholders the first time around, and give yourself a framework to do it really quickly and really easily, so that everyone can agree on, hey, here's what the problem we're trying to solve, and here are the the measurements for success. Yeah, I, I that's so important, you know, especially uh, you know. I'm thinking of it from an agency perspective, but you know, when I come back, you know, with the solution, it's always going to be more successful when the people I'm presenting it to feel like they were heard and they see themselves in the strategy. Exactly. I mean, the thing is, like, you could do that thing. Um, you could you could do the same design twice, yeah. right? But the the first meeting you had, where you talked to people and you understood their concerns, has everything to do with how you explain your design in the second meeting, yeah. right? So the design might not even be that different, but because of how you, um, like you said, talk to the stakeholders and make sure that they feel heard. And then again, when you present it, help them understand how you address their concerns. Um, that's just really key. And I feel like especially um, designers who are just sort of starting out, that's a problem that they have a lot, you know, where um, they, they can bring a design in, feel really good about it. And maybe they even addressed all the concerns that were there. But um, you know, because of <clears throat> because of the process, because of how they captured those concerns, uh, it, it just may not have the result they were looking for. That sounds like a, a great talk, and this will actually be uh, posted after that. But uh, so, otherwise, I would tell people to check it out. <laughs> well, you know, then we could just kind of talk about how um, you know. <laughs> I'll just pretend that it went really. It was well. fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I saw the right. tweets; they were great. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think this was a great conversation. Do you think we've uh, solved content strategy? <laughs> oh, my. Well, you know, um, we're at least continuing. You know, we're, we're fighting the good fight, and I think that's that's the really fun stuff. That's where we have a, a lot of work to do, and, you know, that's where it's really exciting, I think. Yeah, well, sounds good to me. Well, thanks, Michael, for joining me today. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. You too. You too.